are here with uh, Ashes Fallen uh, from uh, Northern California. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Uh, very well, very well, thank you. Uh, you are thank a you. guitar player and singer, correct? Yeah, so my name is James. I am lead vocalist, guitar. I do the bass guitar in the recordings. Um, I guess I'm also the producer and so on and so forth. But we're a trio. Um, my wife, Michelle Perry, is also in the band. She plays keyboard, percussion, backing vocals, but she also really takes the lead on the visual presentation side of things, like our our merch, our CD covers, our stage design, all of that. And then an old friend of mine named Jason Shaw also plays guitar for us. Okay, so your current band has two guitar players on a live set. That's right. Right? Has a yes, that's right. Two guitars, a drum drummer, or do you have that pre-recorded? Yeah, we 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 do pre-recorded drums these days. Um, my wife keeps saying she'd love for us to have a drummer, but it, it would make things logistically more challenging. But it would be a lot of fun. So maybe someday. Yes, no, I I agree with you on that. I I myself. Um, Uh, I'm a little bit in the goth scene, not as heavy as you guys. Mm. Uh, I have a singer called uh, Mike, uh, Mike Hideous. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of him. <laughs> He's been around with a band. Uh, well, I mean, I've been following you on Instagram, so I've seen some... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know from that way. Okay. So, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I myself, I love God, you know, and... Uh, mm. Cool. But I think now, now these days, you have to with the traveling restrictions, and you know, even before the pandemic, every band or a lot of bands were looking to downsize on their traveling equipment, and uh, right. you know, I've been uh, trying to figure out ways not to have a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just eliminate the drums. So I was speaking with yeah. guys from Luna 13, and they they, they talked me to this uh, cat percussion equipment that is very mm -hmm. light. Okay. So I'm I'm doing that and playing the guitar. I'm doing everything myself when I when I do my project, which is uh, a oh, okay. mystery of noise. But going back to Ashes Fallen. This is it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, do you see yourself as an artist or, or an entertainer? Because I'm asking you this because I've seen uh, all the videos available online and the, the ones that I could find, and mm -hmm. you were very even even a concert, even 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 a set. It was like a 50 or a 60 minute set that you guys did. That was very very good. Mm -hmm. uh, um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, um, I mean, as a goth artist, do you see yourself as an entertainer or, or as an artist, pretty much? The way you guys dress and everything. Makeup. Oh, it's it's both. We're, yeah, I, I, it's, I, don't, I don't really see it as a one or the other kind of thing. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely art. It's self-expression and, you know, trying to create something amazing, but... We're all at, at the same time. We're there to move people, and hopefully, people have a good time. And yeah, so it, it's everything. Um, my personal favorite artist of all time, not somebody from the goth world at all, is Devin Townsend. Okay. And he is someone. 
I mean, his music is incredibly deep and incredibly passionate and, you know, just technically brilliant. But at the same time, you go see him live and he, he so embraces the fact that he's, in, he's an entertainer and we're all there to have a good time. So I don't, I don't think it's one or the other. Right. You're absolutely right on that. Do you think that artists have a peak, like like a soccer or a football player, where they're at their best? Do you think there's an age for a goth rock artist where they're at their best? You know, it's interesting. A lot of there are a lot of up and coming bands right now that are people around my age. You know, the very first time Ashes Fallen did an interview, we did a, a radio interview with a friend of ours in Sacramento, actually who's in Davis, which is just outside of Sacramento. And somehow the subject of our ages came up, and the DJ was like, "Oh, you guys should be quiet," you, you know, jokingly. But, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, I'm in my late forties, and that's part of the art that I make. It's not something that I feel any desire to hide because you know a lot of my songwriting it really reflects my experiences and what's going on with me in in my heart and in the world and I think it's the same thing for all three of us so why why hide that and you know there was a really interesting article I can't remember if it was in the New York Times or what just about how the goth scene has kind of figured out aging gracefully and I don't know. I, I, I don't think that the fact that I'm in my forties is really a, I mean, sure. I don't have the same energy I used to, and I don't have the same glorious head of hair that I used to, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, I think we're in a good age to be doing what we're doing. And again, there's definitely a lot of bands, a lot of new bands that are, you know, people that have been around for a while and it's, it's cool. And people seem to embrace it. And a lot of the people that we go up, We're not going out to the clubs right now, obviously, because things are still fairly shut down and nightclubs are only starting to open up again here in California. But we see a lot of people our age and older and, you know, it's cool. People are out there having a good time and enjoying the music, enjoying old music and enjoying new music in the goth scene. So, yeah. Yes, I remember I always had the the most fun at, at dark goth nightclubs. I thought those were... Uh, the ones that I had the most fun at, like one of them numbers mm -hmm. in Houston, uh, Ministry. Everybody okay. has played there, and so it was. Uh, mm. It's absolutely right. Now with the pandemic, now talking about, about the clubs and everything. Um, mm -hmm. Do you see um, any changes in in, the, in upcoming live performances? Do you think? This is going to last a long time. For, for for example, I personally am not going to play for with any of the bands that I'm a member of or anything. Uh, I'm not going to play at, at a half capacity or less, like uh, 30% mm -hmm. or anything like that. Uh, just because right. uh, as a traveling band, you know, there are costs involved and, you know, financially. Of course, of course. You know, unless it's a local show, but if we have to travel or get on a tour or anything like that We're, we wouldn't do it what about you guys right you that guys, makes sense uh, on the same bandwagon basically as everybody else or well I mean here in California a lot of 
it's similar economics, whereas a lot of the nightclubs have said it's just not even worth it to open our doors if we can't be at full capacity because the cost of doing business in California is so expensive that and their rate, their profit margin is so thin that unless they're able to pack the house, they're just not going to make money. And if they're not going to make money, they're not going to open. Um, as far as shows, we have we have one show booked for this calendar year. It's a it's a big Halloween party that hopefully will happen. Fingers crossed. Um, we're really thinking more about doing some touring next year. We already have a festival booked up in Portland next April. And I mean, yeah, maybe we'll do some live stuff late this year. But um, I mean, ultimately, really, we are, we're a pretty new band. We haven't played outside of California yet. Um, so we really haven't done that much that really involves a whole lot of travel costs but we are looking at some you know going a little further afield after this and yeah I totally hear what you're saying where if you know it just wouldn't be profitable to if you can't play to a full house right and the funny thing is is that we were actually you know to sort of go back to something you were talking about we were looking at how to simplify our rig just to make life easier for ourselves because I mean the fact of the matter is a kind of an up-and-coming band like us, a lot of times we're playing low on the bill and we have to get on and off the stage really fast and it's so important to keep the show moving. And our, our rig was just too complex and we just couldn't get everything set up and torn down on time. And you don't want to be that dick that, that makes the next band late and throws the whole night off. So, <laughs> so we got a more simplified setup so that it would be easier to do shows and then all of a sudden, bam, pandemic, no more shows, although we've been using that setup for our live streaming gigs, which has worked out really well for us. So hopefully when it is time to do shows and travel again, we can travel light. Right. Absolutely. Yes. The lighter when, I mean, I'm, I'm 40, so I'm, uh, I just, I turned 40, so I, I'm losing my hair as well. So I'm wearing more hats. I'm trying mm. to discover okay. ways to apparently show that I have some hair still, but I think uh, I think uh, just like shaving it all off, I'm, I'm shaving a lot of my equipment off. So it's just mm, okay. too heavy. I, I mean, I I, yeah. I found an amplifier that uh, simulates a Marshall JCM 800. That's what I use, and okay. uh, it it weights one kilogram. You know, it's so and you can uh -huh. put it on, nice. on on a shoulder or a backpack or anything like that. So. There are ways to to travel, but and with carrying yeah. three or four guitars, that's not happening anymore. I'm you know just carrying right. the basic two. Yeah, the, I mean I've got a as you can see I've got a lot of guitars behind me, right. but for shows generally I'm going to be using this Fender Stratocaster. That's a humbucker single coil single coil. I can get a pretty good variety of tones out of it. Right. Well, of course, that's the nice thing about doing shows at home is I can use all the guitars I want. But if we're going on the road or if we're doing a flying gig or something, yeah, I'll just bring one. <laughs> great, great. Uh, three of your favorite got exclusively got albums of all time. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> so exclusively got. Um, well, well, okay. A big one from. Let's do. The three three favorite, uh, you know, rock, metal, rock, heavy rock. Okay. Thing that you, or God, if it involves that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, this is going to be completely off the top of my head. Um, I mean, a, a big goth record, and for a lot of people, it's going to be Floodland by the Sisters of Mercy. I just love how epic that album sounds. I mean, and you, you might hear this in our music. You know, I, I like big epic sounds, and I was actually raised around classical music. So just how huge that record sounded, it just really resonated with me. Um, another band that I go back to a lot, and I guess it was more seeing them live than their album, but, um, and they were a band that played in New York a lot. It was a band called Sunshine Blind. Do you, do you know them? No, I, I do not. I'm sorry. Uh, where did they Okay. Play? Well, well, I mean, they were based, they were originally based in New Jersey, I think, and their singer, Caroline, has actually moved back there. But okay. I remember seeing them in like 1995. They had just moved to San Francisco. And I've told this story before where, like, I went to the club to see some band. I don't really remember who it was now because they just so blew me away. You know, they just had the look down. They had the sound down. They were just so solid. And their their album, Liquid, is, is one that I really love. Um, as far as just getting outside of the world of goth, um, I mean, I mentioned before Devin Townsend, and it, it's really hard to limited to any one record um some other favorites would be like the chameleons killing joke the damned that's another band that i love so on and so forth awesome yes i hearing your sound and going to talk going into your videos and going to your first and now your your sophomore album uh which is coming out this week did I, no. Coming out next week. Uh, we just released the pre-sale yesterday, but we'll actually, the album will actually be released on June 4th. June 4th. I apologize. Um, June 4th. No worries. What is the name of that album? I'm sorry. A Fleeting Melody Out of a Fading Dream. Yes. Thank you. I know. It's a long title. <laughs> I saw you guys signing it. No, I've seen longer names, uh, but um, oh, I saw sure. you guys getting a batch on, and signing them, and I guess... You'll be selling them. You sell them through directly to your website. How do you? How do we find your music, or how can we get a hold of merch? Uh, well, um, we're, we're selling merch through our Bandcamp page. So to get there, you go to ashesfallenmusic.bandcamp.com. But the album will also be available on Spotify and Apple Music and and YouTube and all those usual things. But as far as getting physical merch, so we'll have CDs and we've also got some T-shirts and stickers and patches and a few other things. All that's on sale through our Bandcamp. Okay, and we'll put we'll make sure we'll put the link below. Uh, Excellent. And uh, also, uh, your first album is it still available physically, or is it something that you've run out of? No, um, you know, we actually, we made a first run of 100 copies. We sold out, and so we did order another batch. So the first album is still available. We we kind of wondered whether it would even be worth it. I mean, there's been this whole debate about physical media for a long time. And then, and of course, vinyl is coming back. But yes. we were sort of wondering, do we want to keep making CDs, especially since we're not touring obviously so and a lot of times the reason you have a cd or something is so that it's something you can have at your merch table but we we don't have a physical merch table but we were still moving enough cds just selling them through Bandcamp that it was worth it to make another run and you know we started the pre-sale on our new album yesterday and we've 
we've we've sold quite a few just in the first 36 hours so i think that validated our decision to go ahead and continue making cds Will we make vinyl someday? I don't know. A lot of people are interested in it, but it's kind of expensive. So not quite sure I'm ready to commit to that expense yet, but someday maybe. Very expensive. I mean, I looked into it and I think they wanted $5,000. And I Mm. can tell you for how many, but the quantity wasn't there, you know? And I mean, Mm. even just to travel with, with them, just to sell them on the Oh road. yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just it's they're fa- fragile. They're, uh, but you know, maybe down down the line, like you said. But it is an expense. But CDs, I think, uh, they'll be always the this form of having a connection with the band of maybe you having this having the CD signed is easier to carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. I said, getting a special number. I saw. I saw you guys were numbering yours. Yes, we are. We are hand numbering our first batch of a hundred. And I'll tell you, our our CDs actually just arrived today. And my wife and I went. Well, actually, she went outside and got the box from UPS and brought it in. And we opened it up, and it was a design that that she completely made herself. And we were just like, "Wow, this looks so good." We were we were just floored. It, it exceeded our expectations as far as how good it looked and you know we actually got a message from a friend of ours who says you know what I don't even have a CD player anymore but I kind of want to buy your CD just because it looks so nice yes. so I mean yeah we, we are definitely believe- and my wife's really big into the, the visual side of things she's just got a great visual imag- imagination really good photographer she's also a cake artist she's incredibly talented and I'm so so lucky to have her as my bandmate and as my wife but yeah she came up with a, just a fantastic design and we're all thrilled with it and we hope our fans will like it too excellent uh, talking about your wife she's in the band what is her name sorry her name is Michelle Perry Michelle Perry okay and who does most of the writing or who does all the writing mixing do you guys write the music together and where do you get your inspiration okay um that's a few questions. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. Okay, so where are you? I do. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I'll yeah, I'll just I'll just answer this and see where it goes. Um, <laughs> I'm the main writer. I don't. I'm I'm by no means the exclusive writer. Um, Jason brings some parts here and there, and we write a few songs together. He and I have been in quite a few bands together in the past. Um, Michelle's biggest songwriting contribution so far has been our advanced single, which is Vampira, the Ballad of Mila. Um, it was a song that she really wanted to do as a tribute to Mila Nurmi, who was the woman behind the 1950s scream queen Vampira, as just a tribute to her. This, you know, kind of the original goth, but also someone who really kind of had everything taken away from her and never really got her due. And then in the 80s was basically replaced by Elvira and, you know, died poor and barely known. Now, other people have done songs about Vampira, such as, of course, The Misfits, but we don't know if anyone's actually done a song about Myla Nurmi before. And so we really wanted to tell the story of Myla. And Michelle and I sort of sat down and 
kind of had a brainstorming session. She wrote out some, some words. I wrote some words and she didn't write the music, but she really explained to me sort of the kind of feel she wanted and the tempo she wanted. She really kind of wanted that retro 50s feel. She wanted a, a fun, upbeat track. I mean, it's a serious track. It's, it's a track about a woman who just utterly got screwed, but it's still a really fun song. And, you know, that song wouldn't exist without her. Um, yeah, but so, yeah, the, every, everyone contributes to the writing, but I, I do the majority of it. I do almost all the lyrics, except for that one. Michelle wrote a lot of the words to that one. Um, we record... We have a home recording studio where we do just about everything, and I do most of the work there, although our recording rig is mobile, and when I spent some money on this recording studio a while ago, I did that on purpose, and actually our guitarist Jason hurt himself, and he lives about an hour away, and so he was... He was still able to play, but it was too hard for him to try to drive an hour there and back. And so it actually worked out great that I could just, you know, just basically bring a backpack full of gear to his house and just, and he'd plug in his guitar and we could be, continue to work even though we couldn't, even though he couldn't come to the studio. So that worked out really nicely. Excellent. And the mixing, mastering, do you have any, anything? Yeah, um, we, we, we do the mixing ourselves. I did the mixing here. We, we did hire a mastering engineer, however. Um, his name's Gordon Young. He's a fantastic guy out of Scotland. And he was incredibly cool and incredibly helpful. Okay. I mean, and I mean, the fact of the matter is, he's, he's the guy for goth rock. And so he totally gets what we're about. But he had some just great tips for, you know, some minor tweaks to things. I mean, yeah, he did the mastering, but he also said, well, why don't you change this one thing in the mix? And then that, you know, that just makes for a better end result. I mean, back in the day, it used to be you'd send the finished mix to the mastering engineer, and then the mastering engineer would send the master to you. But this was a much more collaborative process, and it was a lot of fun. He was a great guy, and I think I've learned a lot that will make the next record that much better. Right. No, I agree with you. I think uh, hiring some guys, I, I, I've hired, I've worked with some some great guys. Uh, Anthony Esposito, he's, he works with Jakey Lee, Red Dragon Cartel. Okay. Uh, that type of music. But, uh, but uh, he, he's a recording uh, engineering, and uh, he's like, if you want to make it to the next level, there was a track where I made a little mistake. Uh, and you could, if you're not a professional, you can't hear it. But he's like, you're going to send this mm -hmm. demo to big, you know, uh, record companies. They're going to throw it out the window because mm -hmm. they'll catch it right away. But I was, okay. like, I was too lazy to go back, grab the guitar and re redo it. But I, he made me redo it. And sometimes you need that that person, like you said, that tells you and gives you that, that types of advice, yeah. you know. Because... Yeah, and I mean, there were things that he pointed out that I kind of knew about, but was willing to let it slide. But when he pointed it out, I'm like, uh, you know what? I better go back and fix that. <laughs> right, right, like so I did. And there was a few things where it was kind of a pain because... So we started this album when Michelle and I still lived in a different place in Sacramento. But then... Through the course of the pandemic, we ended up moving to a little town called Sutter Creek, which is up in the hills. And so we did the first part of the album on an old computer, and we did the rest on my new computer. 
but there were songs I had to go back and remix on the old computer and that was just oh I have to go and drag it all out and hook it all up again and I don't want to but it was the right thing to do and at the end of the day I'm glad I did Yes, no, absolutely. Another thing that I wanted to mention you was like the mastering factor. I, I saw this uh, very expensive app that basically does all the mastering for you. And I'm like, uh, mm. all you have to put or input is very basic information about the record or what type it is. If it, is it goth? Is it electro or whatever? And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that seems kind of crazy to me that you would risk your career you try so hard uh, mm-hmm. to then have it done everything done through a computer or everything has to be done through a computer nowadays but what I mean is not having advice it's, that, it's not going to give you any mm-hmm. feedback you know so yeah you're absolutely right on that well our, our first our first album I actually mastered myself and I bought some software um, by the company Isotope and I used that for mastering and it turned out okay but I just I decided you know what we actually we have enough money that we can we can splurge a little bit and for this second album we all agreed that you know what we really believe in this this is this is just way better than what we did before so let's do it right and and I totally stand by that decision and I think it was the right call and again working with Gordon was actually a lot of fun and I learned a lot so I think yeah that was a really good way to go yes your your sound is really awesome again we're, we're talking with uh, 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 Ashes Fallen and uh, and I don't and tell me if I'm wrong but on some of your songs that uh, when I heard heard your music I, I hear a lot like the cure mix mix in with like sisters of mercy did I catch some mm-hmm. of that in there yeah yeah I mean that's that's not too far off I, all three of us are big fans of the cure actually um, Michelle and I got to see them at the daydream festival in Pasadena in 2019 and Michelle is from New Zealand so a lot of the big bands don't come down there very often. So that's actually been one thing that she's enjoyed about living in the United States is she's been able to see some, some bands that were sort of on her bucket list that she was never able to see before. But yeah, I, I absolutely love The Cure. Just such great songs, such a great voice. Underrated guitar player by far. Yes. But of course, I am a... Not, I wouldn't say I'm a closet metalhead. I'm a metalhead. I grew up on the heavy stuff, so that definitely still does show up in our sound. I and we're a two guitar band, as you pointed out. So you know, we like to have some some chugga chugga going on. <laughs> right. Uh, what are some of your tunings uh, do you, that you uh, do? You have complex tunings, or do you go standard like? You know, um, most of the time it's standard. I think we've got one or two songs on the new album that required drop D tuning. On our first album, there actually were a couple of songs that had seven string. I, mean, I, I mentioned that I, you know, I listened to Devin Townsend, I listened to Mashuga, I listened, you know, yes. but I don't know. Just lately, that's just not what I feel like making, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's generally just standard tuning. Great. And that also makes life easier as far as not having to bring a lot of guitars, carry a lot of guitars around with you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes. Well, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, if you want to add anything else, uh, 
those those are the questions that I that I that, that I had for you in the here in the the blackest uh, podcast. Uh, uh, something that I just started. Really, this is our seventh or eighth show. So, thank you for oh, for cool. For, cool. Uh, for accepting our, our invitation. Uh, it means a lot to us. Hey, thank you so much for having us. I mean, you know. I mean, we definitely believe in our band, but at the same time, we're, you know, we're not that big yet. And I know there's a lot of great artists out there. So I'm just so flattered whenever someone like you or any DJ or any promoter chooses to work with us. I mean, just because we made something that we're really proud of doesn't mean anybody owes us anything. So thank you. No, your music is great. Your video, by the way, is who you guys do everything house, your videos as well. I saw something on. Yeah, well. You know, there's a funny, funny story with that the Vampira video. Um, we actually have hired a publicist to help us promote this record. That's something we decided to do for the first time. And you know, he arranged for a an exclusive premiere of the the song Vampire of the Ballad of Myla to, to occur a couple of weeks before the album release, just to kind of you know raise some awareness. And then he told us, you know, you could either just do like a SoundCloud link or you could make a really simple video. And so I told Michelle that you know that's what he said, and she's and he very explicitly told us, don't spend a lot of time on this. But Michelle said, yeah, like hell. And so nine days later of all day, all night working on putting this thing together, she made our first official music video. She gathered up some great footage of Vampira and we shot some footage, some sort of performance footage of the three of us. And she pieced it all together and all the credit goes to her. I did a little tweaking here and there, but at the end of the day, it's, it's her baby and she worked so hard on it and it turned out great. We do have another music video that's planned for another song on the album, but that's probably still a few months away. And, but again, that's going to be, you know, Michelle is really going to take the lead there because she's just, she's a real film buff. She loves like gothic horror and vampire films in particular. Guillermo del Toro is one of her favorite directors. And so that's really where she takes a lot of her inspiration as far as the visual side of things. And so... And that's sort of where we might be coming from visually. And we, as much as it sucks that we can't go play, we love that we have a chapel to perform in. We basically have our own dedicated music venue. When we when we moved out of Sacramento, we were we we bought an old. It was a late 19th century Episcopal church that had been converted into a private residence. So that's become our home base, and so. It has an attached building where we actually live and work, but the chapel itself is where the band practices and it's where we do all our live stream shows from. And so that just provides a great space for Michelle to do up the stage that she wants every time we play. Again, when, you know, when we're kind of a little band and you know playing little places and you know maybe in the middle of a, a bill of three or four acts, we don't have that much flexibility. But when it's at our house and we can take our time, we can really do it up however we want, and that's that's, that's been a lot of fun. Well, uh, you might be a little band, but with a huge, huge sound. Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan as well. I'll be uh, I'll be getting that Thank CD. You. Be ordering it. I will order, and I will put the link where everybody else Thank can you. order it as well. June uh, 4th is when it's coming out. 
Ash is fallen, everyone. That's right. And uh, thank you for being on the show. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you.